Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Knowledge Panel Show, where today we'll be diving deep into technical SEO. Without further ado, I'd love to uh, introduce you to my fabulous guests. This is Andreas, Serge and Nikki. So then I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Um, Andreas, if we could start with you. So who are you? What do you do? And where do you come from? And uh, what's your relationship to technical SEO? Hi, I'm Andreas. Uh, I'm the founder of RTOS. Uh, we're uh, an SEO consulting firm. Uh, I've been doing this a while. I uh, first got into SEO 20 years ago uh, in terms of technical SEO. Um, yeah, for me, it's all about making sure content is discoverable and when it is discovered, search engines uh, know what it's about. Serge? Thank you for having me here. My name is Serge and I'm CTO of Jet Octopus. It's Crawler and Loch Analyzer. I'm not an SEO guy for 100%. I'm a developer in my soul, but I all my experience from 2000, like 10, 11, like that, I was always near technical SEO, working on big websites, different type of aggregators. And last five years, I'm with Jet Octopus and like building and developing the technical SEO tool. Thank you. Brilliant. And Nikki? Yeah, I'm Nikki Halliwell. Uh, I'm a freelance tech SEO consultant. Um, and I also uh, work with Journey Further as a technical SEO specialist. Um, based in Manchester uh, in the UK. Um, and so, yeah, in terms of my relationship to, to tech SEO, it's very similar to uh, Andreas's answer in regards to, to making sure that content's discoverable. For me, it's also following on for that, making sure that websites are, are easy to find, that they load quickly and also work efficiently as well. Brilliant. So broad range of uh, backgrounds here. So I think it's going to make for a really interesting podcast. Um, I'm going to get straight in there with uh, probably the most basic question that can go as deep as we like, really, which is what is technical SEO? So is there one definition for tech SEO? Imagine um, we have some listeners that don't know what it is at all. Um, and we're also catering for those who have heard about it every day of their lives for uh, the last 10 years. So um, if, if we could start with Andreas, that'd be great. Yeah, I probably answered it in my intro, but uh, let's go again. Uh, so yeah, look, when, you, when you think about technical SEO, um, it's really about, you know, you have the sort of user experience, but technical SEO to me is the search engine experience of your website. You know, it's what is that? What is that experience and and you know what makes up that experience for the search engine is can it find the content and can it um and when it does find the content does it mean anything to them and uh the tech the tech seo's job in my opinion is that uh it ticks those boxes it makes sure the the content is findable and it is um it's meaningful there's other things I could add to that, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave some creative room for the others to uh, my collaborators to to fill the gaps. Yeah, the way that I like to uh, explain tech SEO, especially to to those that don't know what it is, is explaining it in the terms of a mechanic. So we're the mechanic that keeps the engine running smoothly and keeps it, you know, nice and oiled and other technical 
mechanic terms that I'm not versed in, but that's yeah, that, that that's the concept that that I tend to go with is we're the mechanic that keeps the car running, and then I guess the the content side would be like I don't know, like the bodywork of of the car. But yeah, we we keep things running smoothly. For me, like technical SEO, I can talk also about it's very near with user experience. You know, it's not only a search engine should be should discover you know new pages all your pages on your website for example when you have millions of pages etc and it comes very near with user and what thanks to google last year it came closer and closer so if bot can discover if bot should discover page user also so we do have some misconception you know that user always came from search engine for example to product page or the product listing page but no, not in all cases. User also can came from your go to your index page and like reach anything what he want, what she want, like on the website, like some product, some category, etc. And here, technical SEO and user experience came very, very closely. So it's all about navigating on your website, building internal linking structure, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, for humans, not only great text in the footer for robots. Mm. I think you make a really good point there, Serge, because uh, a lot of assumptions are made by non-SEOs, which is that, you know, search engines have an infinite amount of resource to mm-hmm. crawl and process a website. But uh, that's the other part of technical SEO, which is to conserve those resources um, so that, you know, and you get rewarded for it, don't you? You know, if you, if you are efficient and considered in the way you guide the search engines around your website to find all that content, you know, especially like, you know, from the homepage, um, you get rewarded for, you know, any resource that is not wasted gets allocated to the pages that you want to be seen in the search engines. And from the site owner, I had a very interesting opinion. You know, I talked with a guy who owned a ceramic tile internet shop and a huge website with, I don't know, like more than 100,000 SKUs on, uh, on it. And I made a scan and I uh, talking to him like, look, here, obvious, clear problems, just fix them. It's like, like this, it's one week developer's job. And do you know what he told me? Like... I don't care. It's Google job, you know, to crawl my website properly. I don't care at all. Google should work on it, not me. <laughs> and uh, what's interesting, the business is running good, but probably by PPC more as a traffic source. Yeah, but how many of the SKUs does Google actually know about, if that's the case? I'm- less than a half, less than a half, the truth is. Well, absolutely. I think that's always the most annoying when you have these obvious problems that we can fix and it's still still too hard to show them exactly why it should be worth their time. But I suppose maybe this is what this podcast can centre around is why is technical SEO worth your time, um, which I'm really happy to explore uh, with you guys. Um, I was kind of going to go next into a little bit um, to try and narrow it down. Like, What things are you guys finding that you're working on more now from tech seo from maybe i'm not sure too too much about how how long you guys have been in the business but from about you know from when you started at least to now what has this shift been like and maybe that can give our listeners a little bit of perspective into um you know 
what we need to, what maybe has been rumoured that we need to focus on as back in maybe two or three years ago, because things go so quickly and change so fast as what are you, what are you working on today? What is your biggest problems with, with websites and your clients and, and people you're trying to help? As I've got more and more into my career, I've focused more on tech SEO. I mean, when I started, I thought the biggest problem on a website was meta descriptions. Um, definitely not where I spend my time now. Um, I saw an interesting thing on on Twitter, actually. It was like a graph talking about the, the amount of time that you spend in SEO and the amount of time that you care about meta descriptions. And it was like, goes down the longer you're in the industry. Um, but yeah, I mean, a few years ago, it was lots and lots of emphasis on on site speed, which is still where, where I do spend a lot of time, you know, especially for, for large stores. Um, but I also work on a lot of e-commerce clients, so I'm spending increasing time, especially with, you know, recent uh, updates and things like that, just making sure that the site is efficient in terms of crawlability, which is, you know, what, what we've just been talking about with, with the number of SKUs and actually just optimizing or, or adjusting site navigation and facets and filters and making sure that they're being used efficiently and yeah, I mean, it's, it goes back to what what Andreas and Serge were, were both just saying about you know skews and making sure that your efforts get get rewarded by by search engines. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point of um, you know these uh, things that we we think that we're supposed to be looking at um, things that um, actually we've been told to look at on the very surface. Well, since starting Tech SEO on my end, I've just found so many things that need to be fixed that I actually can't <laughs> I actually can't figure out sometimes where to start so it's interesting that um, it's quite a common thing to start with <laughs> meta descriptions and then fall into the black hole from there and, uh, so, you've you got to pick your battles haven't you <laughs> yeah. I can tell here only one word and the word is javascript 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 more JavaScript and, you know, uh, when it was like three years ago, like we just started talking about JavaScript, etc., JavaScript SEO and more and more. But now we're like, okay, now it's uh, artificial intelligence. We're talking a lot on Twitter, but JavaScript is a tech SEO problem of modern websites because all huge websites like big e-commerce, they are now like in 2023, mostly switched to this JavaScript or in progress of migration to JavaScript version. And uh, from our clients, I saw so many problems, so many cases, you know, and the biggest problem is most problems are born on, you know, from nothing just because improper use of technology and use technology where is not to be honest, suitable so well, and no, probably quality of developers or quality of tasks, you know, what pass it to developers leads a lot of indexation, probability problems, first of all. SSR server-side rendering is not so still popular, unfortunately. And after that, it leads to indexability problems, traffic drops, and like case studies, how we... Uh, lost our traffic during migration to JavaScript, <laughs> unfortunately. But okay, uh, we do have uh, examples from very successful migration and 
it's also from in terms of user experience you came into a website and you see it's really became great like you know works very well and we have some case studies on our blog at jetoctopus.com like after migration they have 20 percent of traffic increase but i saw a background of all this you know job and migration process it was huge amount of time invested from the all teams all developer teams and all seo teams and for my personal opinion it's a huge problem for tech seo and it will be like many many years further yeah it's uh, quite interesting uh you know 20 years ago javascript frameworks weren't even a thing wordpress wasn't even a thing let alone shopify and hubspot and so what's really interesting is that a lot of the issues when I started were a lot of on-page elements as well as the sort of content discovery and navigation. Now, a lot of things in content management systems are out of the box. You know, um, you you do get your sort of meta description fields and titles and all, all the rest of it. And a lot of these, especially like, I think Webflow takes care of all of that sort of thing. And they even give you the facility to sort of set your canonical tags and things like that. Um, so that that's that's really interesting. What I'm not seeing from these content management systems is that um, I don't think they quite got the memo when it comes to con- content discoverability. You know, they they don't know too much about you know orphaned URLs and and things like that. And some of the issues as well mentioned by Nikki. Uh, on, you know, make, making sure your facets are tight and clean and um, all those sorts of things. So uh, I think that would be quite interesting um, for for these content management system providers to to sort of build on in terms of their SEO feature set. Um, I mean, aside from, from the technical side, you know, in terms of what I find challenging, I, I find a lot of my time spent actually trying to quantify the monetary worth or the financial worth of what a technical change or issue is worth because then it's much easier to have that conversation and and get something prioritized in terms of you know if you make this change we estimate this is worth x amount of incremental revenue per per month you know and it just helps get people excited about it technical SEO yeah definitely um it's definitely something that I'm having to do a lot more as well is yeah exactly you know quantified the impact I found that you know not everything has a monetary value assigned to it though and you can always do that um but one of the ways actually that I've got around it and touch wood seems to be working quite well with my clients in terms of getting their buy-in is just using the framework like PIE so like potential importance and ease so each of them, I would scale on. Um, uh, I would score on a scale of one to ten, which gives us a final score out of thirty, and then that just gives clients something a little bit more tangible and sometimes a little bit more understandable. Why when you can't assign a monetary value to do it, and yeah, so far that's that's working quite well in terms of getting the their buy in. Yeah, absolutely. So that's quite an interesting. Um... I think actually it comes up in almost all of the podcasts I've done so far and probably in every industry ever is how on earth do I quantify value? How, how do I 
actually say this. And um, it's really difficult, especially because even within our sort of definition of what tech SEO really is, um, there's still, I think, a little bit of debate of whether it's for the search engine, for the user, like, is it um, sort of this abstract thing with, you know, internal linking and then what are the rules and um, all of this. So it's, it's a lot of keeping up with um, Google that, you know, is quite difficult and also very, 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 <laughs> very fast moving. Um, so I guess um, let's have a talk about maybe some common misconceptions about tech SEO coming off of that, of um, how hard it is to sort of demonstrate value. I mean, some of the challenges that you guys have faced in your careers so far, um, apart from demonstrating value is like potentially, so how can you tell people this is worth it? And what are the common misconceptions that you're being faced with? Um, maybe that it's a quick job or that it's something that can be done once. And um, I'm just interested to hear uh so what was your question so just more about like um the common misconceptions that you've been faced with from clients or um people expecting very specific things from tech seo that maybe yeah um so i think one of the thing one of the things i come across is that uh you know a, a business will 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 think that tech seo is some sort of magical fairy dust that you sprinkle on to a website and they'll say oh yeah you know you, you tell us what the magic keywords are that we need to sort of put into our meta fields and and you know uh you know we'll, we'll come out uh, smelling the roses and it's just like um well in, the, in this particular on one particular case uh it was just like look you know you, you can optimize these 80 pages you have in your website where your competitors have like over 10,000 pages. It's just like, it doesn't matter if you optimize those 80 pages to the hilt, it's going to make zero difference. Like this is not where the area of focus should be here. It's, mm. it's not tech SEO, ironically. Mm, yeah. I can uh, add a bit about misconception of SEO specialists because I'm talking mostly with them. And my personal and uh, of course uh, about big websites because I'm I live in a big website university, and uh, one of uh, misconception about technical SEO and results from it. So when you fix your four or four pages, redirects, chains, uh, etc., like some slow pages, it's just very very beginning of technical SEO. It's just first class of elementary school or something like that, and technical SEO starting after. When you're going to clean your trash pages, thin content, and after you will know like less pages on the website probably gives you more traffic rather than creating a lot of like, you know, hundreds of thousands uh, unnecessary like thin pages. And after, after you came to internal linkings and internal link. We have a lot of articles, a lot of podcasts internal, often about internal linking, and it's very easy from the first side when you like realize it but it's very very hard to integrate especially on a big e-commerce and you have to put so many efforts like to describe and why owners should invest like months months probably of developers team to implement internal linking and not if you 
did some wrong about your from the first steps, it's probably will be useless. Like it won't give you anything more. And here, like a pro, a senior level of technical SEO and uh, Unfortunately, not so many specialists doing that. And I know like guys and girls on, I can calculate them on uh, one of my hand who really make a great results, you know, with optimizing the internal linking formula, like changing about how changed impressions from Google search console clicks. And they have a huge results. Like, you know, it's very interesting to talk with them. And here's like a top level of tech SEO for me. Yeah, I'm quite glad you kind of brought that up as well. Um, I think I personally have a few bits to say on uh, internal linking and how hard it is to to um, explain. Well, I'm trying often to explain um, internal linking based on entities and then entities is often its own rabbit hole of um, tech SEO that I just, it's, it's becoming really <laughs> difficult uh, to try and explain that you know it's mutually beneficial to both pages or all pages when we start to connect these internal linking based on entities because it improves the search engine understanding and then the next questions are often what on earth is search engine understanding and i sort of go that's a great question um <laughs> and that and then, then we go back into the, the the existential loop that is tech seo um, sorry, Nikki. I think you were you were sort of coming in with something. I was, yeah. But actually, you while you were just saying that, reminded me of another recent uh, conversation that I had with with a client, which was they'd they'd had some content written for their website, and you know they had internal links, but they also had external links um, to the site. And this was a particular niche where they were linking out to articles in the NHS, and I come to discover that. They he had a rule where he would blanket no follow um, links to external websites because his thought was he didn't want to waste Google's crawl budget on other sites and it was that came into the education piece of first of all why you you, you need to link to external sites and also that's not how SEO and the internet works. So it was, yeah, that was was quite a, a conversation that we ended up having because he just didn't get any of the reasons why you would want to link out to to another website other than his own. He was worried about it diminishing his his call budget and sending traffic to the NHS was was a concern for him, which was which was quite funny. Um, very considerate of him. I know, I know. <laughs> Yeah, of all the problems the NHS has, I don't think it's around them getting too much traffic. <laughs> but you never know, just from this one website, that could that could change it all. Um yeah, what I was what I was gonna say originally was um to answer your question around misconception of, of tech SEO. Um I think one of the ones that I come across a lot is that it's just something that you can do once, which certainly isn't the case. It's not something where you can just set it and forget it. I think the common example is is site speed, right? So people think, oh, yeah, just fix your site speed once and then that's it forever. It's Your site speed will always be good. You'll always be a 10 out of 10 in site speed. And they don't understand that, you know, another member of staff adding images that's not optimized can, can basically undo all that work or somebody adds a new feature that's very JavaScript heavy and that just affects everything else. And, yeah, it's just interesting that it's, 
I mean, I guess that's that's what I like so much about tech SEO as well. It's it's always changing. There's always something to do. Developers always broken something. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really interesting. Uh, I think it sort of ties into also how we as tech SEOs have to communicate to a team and the team is often not interested in what we have to say, which is really it goes back to even how we described uh, tech SEO at the very beginning, which is always like this foundational sort of ha- actually, Nikki, how you said it with the mechanics when when things get broken, um, we come running to us. But actually, there's, you know, we could have prevented this in the first place if we'd all communicated. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if you guys have much um, experience with this, Andreas. If yeah, totally. Um, I mean, so it's it's a bit of a carrot and stick situation. So um, I, I tend to now, where I can, lead with carrot, which is this is how much money you could make, or this is, you know, what I've quantified as the opportunity. In terms of the stick, um, I would go with um, I would go with the kind of maybe the more sort of data science angle. So it's not so much as a stick as in punishment, but it's more kind of trying to use some some numbers or facts to sort of say okay well these are your issues and these uh, when we add up all of the urls that 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 are affected by this issue this is how much traffic is affected this is how much traffic they currently control so obviously if you were to fix this then referring to the pie method of nikki you, you try and allude to the potential that you could get if you were to fix it. So that, I mean, you know, what, one thing um, with when, when working with developers is that they respect facts and uh, an argument that is put together logically and based on some data. So um, there's a bit of a story. Uh, Ten years ago, I actually wanted a career outside of SEO and retrained in data science, but actually it made me fall in love with SEO again because it helped me see SEO in a completely different way. And, you know, I, I saw how just one of the applications of data science could be used to try and come up with these facts, if you like, or, or data to try and help, you know, get, get things over the line from a develop, developer conversation perspective. It's actually really, really cool and really cool insight into the, um, tech SEO, to be honest, it's quite quite emotional one that I quite like, <laughs> um, which you don't really get. It's actually such a lovable job. Um, so there'll be some people listening that probably will just uh, be worried that it it might be so difficult. There's these lots of challenges, but actually, it's really cool um, to hear you say that. I cannot I... hear yeah, my five cents about you know relationship with developers because I'm on I was on the other side <laughs> when SEO and. Uh, for SEOs, when you, for example, got an accept from site owner or project manager, etc., for some SEO task, you came to developers, you like, hey team, like make me here, make me this, this, this. And after you got not something what you expected, and it's pretty common case for like when your task was understood wrongly. And here, what I remember, like me as a developer, when I got some task from SEO, like pretty, you know, common task for internal linking, it's my favorite. And 
it was so hard to implement and, you know, a lot of misunderstanding. And it comes from one simple thing. SEOs thinking as a Google in terms of page, 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 page connected with links, some page, page, page. How think a developer of some e-commerce, of some, I don't know, catalog uh, classified? He think product, product links to category, category links to another category. And you're simply um, talking in different languages. You're talking about the same thing, but in different languages. And here comes a lot of misunderstanding. And I do recommend, like, when working with developers, trying them to understand, like, look, I understand you're thinking, like, in objects, objects, but we are here about pages, and Google think about pages, how they relate in related and it will help you a lot with developers and you know help them to understand how it works and after developers realize it how google works it tells tells them about page run algorithm they will be very like enjoying it some hard technical stuff and will make your tasks pretty you know more easily and uh, helpful brilliant thanks serge so um, kind of both perspectives there. It is, it's such a common thing to just be speaking in completely different languages. And that's what makes it so hard, but also so rewarding when it goes right, I think. Um, but okay, I'm going to go in from a bit of a different perspective now um, and kind of ask you guys uh, for some key points to be thinking about for either new SEOs or people who maybe aren't even really. Um, SEO minded, but know that they have to do this weird thing called tech SEO. So they're starting a new website or they've got something coming from like the ground up, um, some, maybe a hobby or something, you know, along these lines. What can we give them uh, as wisdom to, to really start on that feels an easy and um, manageable way to um, be discoverable, crawlable, all of these things. We can start as as basic as, as possible, or you can go in and, and try and explain these schema types and, and these kinds of things if you want. I don't really mind. Let's get into it. I think it would be great to 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 give some people some actual, you know, plugins are we talking about? Or is this something we can just do if we're being mindful all the time about internal linking and, and stuff like this? Sorry. So pretty long-winded question, but more to do with what should we be thinking about from the very beginning of, of a website in terms of tech SEO? Read Google guidelines. They're cool. <laughs> They've written really in simple language and okay, not going to schema and etc. But the basic principles, they are, they're very cool. And I read them a lot, like, you know, just to be updated. And for me, it's like the first step. And after, you know, I can um, say something like when someone wanted to learn a new language, what should you do? Where should you go? You're going, you know, get some book, going to some teacher, watching YouTube videos. And there are no one place of information. And, you know, every place show you from different perspectives. And here, okay, but in CSO, we have Google guidelines. It's the first step. And after, uh, go further. A lot of my time uh, I've spent in ad agencies and stuff. And uh, it, it never stops to confound me when... You know, you've got someone coming in, starting a career in SEO. And 
the best way to learn, in my opinion, is create your own website. You know, just create your own website. Try and get it indexed. Try and get it crawled. You know, uh, try and do some SEO. Like, how can you, how can you expect to be paid to do your job and do it well? You know, it's almost like having a driving instructor that doesn't know that has never driven a car. Like, I just don't get it, honestly. Like, and 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 you've got you've got these kind of juniors, and that's not to say I'm juniorist, but you know, I just don't get it. You know, they they really need to. If you're really serious and passionate about a career in SEO, you've really, really, really got to create your own website and and especially now today it's, it's so much easier you know it, it does you don't have to be developer skill level to create your own wordpress you know for just just as a starter you know just just get into it try and rank for some made up search phrase so that you don't need to worry about ranking for something ridiculously competitive that requires links you know um so that that would be my advice yeah I'd, I'd agree wholeheartedly with that and don't be afraid to break things as well especially when it's your own website i mean that's that's the best way to learn that's how i figured out what to do but also importantly what not to do um and it's definitely better to break things on your own website than it is on a client website so yeah just just try things out right um even if you've got like a new idea or a new thing that you've seen on twitter or on a podcast Try it out on your own website first, figure out how it works, have a play around, get into the weeds, and then you can think about applying that to to other websites. Um, but yeah, I mean, start a website is is an absolutely great tip. And Andreas, like, you, you know, um, it's, there's so many good like SEO plugins as well um, that you can try these days that help to do the, the groundwork for you. Um, but just use one. I keep seeing like wordpress sites that have like three different seo plugins on the site they all do the same thing but they think that they need all three of them to to rank and actually they're fighting against each other because one of them's trying to control the site map the other one's no indexing pages and they're all saying completely different things so pick one and and stick with it and again same with that mess around with it see what the different features of of the plugin do and if if you actually need that plugin at all um but also don't get caught up on traffic lights um that some of these uh, seo plugins do i mean everyone loves a, a green light it, it looks nice and it looks pretty but you don't need a green light to to rank that's not what's going to get you to number one on google or even number 100 on google it's not the amount of green lights that that you have on your website is it's a signal that's it it's a signal and you need a lot more than than a couple of green lights to do that but yeah, play, break things, try again. Probably also some mentors, you know, like go to agency as a junior or as a trainee and work with school team. And he, okay, you can do a lot of thing learning by yourself, but uh, with another experienced team, your progress will be much, much faster. Right, you know, ask other people, message people on Twitter, like, I've got this problem, what do you recommend? Um, you can ask them via a dm or just straight out ask them on on twitter or linkedin or anything else and for for any women listeners i mean there's women in tech seo um 
platform i've um i've been part of that a few times myself and working with other women to to mentor them they have several cohorts through throughout the year and that's that's completely free yeah i think that's really good um i, w- I was about to say that you know when i started there were no seo courses or anything like that and uh, apart from testing stuff that i was reading on webmaster world uh and breaking things the the other the other thing I was doing was that I was actually hitting up, you know, the sort of better known SEO experts and asking, you know, whether they could work with me to train me, you know, uh, paid or unpaid. But again, as Serge says, you know, find mentors. I think it's so funny as well because um, SEO is such a huge part of our lives and everything, but um Every time I talk to anyone about it, I still I still have to to explain it in terms of it's getting Google to the top of the search engine, and that's often because you know there's no not really okay we can do a digital marketing degree or something at university, but this sort of you know I feel like tech SEO there's like sort of stigma around it to be like whoa so you must have gone and done computer science or you must have done this and actually what we've all been doing is just breaking things for a really long time and, and learning as we go and um it's still true like we still have to keep doing it which is really cool and i just want to do a quick shout out to dixon who has messaged and said that since watching this podcast which we're taking full credit for um <laughs> he um, has got his uh, performance score up to 90 so it is it is quite nice to look at how um just fixing something going to the mechanic making sure that you've got your bases covered with the tech seo work no matter how annoying it is and sometimes it is just a tiny button that you need to press or unpress um it's definitely worth it um but yeah so we're sort of coming to the end uh really i would love to this this is a bit cheeky of me because it's such a huge thing to uh get into right at the end of a podcast but um seeing as we're all so obsessed with it have you guys been using AI to improve your tech SEO? And how have you been? And if you haven't been, why not? Why should we, what, what should we be doing here? Uh, yes, uh, I use, so I, I, with the support of my team and of engineers, I've been using AI for trying to map URLs that clients don't want to carry over for a migration. Uh, to existing URLs. So um, it started off as a decision tree and now I'm moving uh, further towards uh, neural network models or a a true AI, which uses uh, hundreds of thousands of um, data, data points to otherwise a neural network won't work. It needs a lot of data, but um, that's still in development. Uh, so that I mean that's just one of the aspects. I've, I use a lot of data science in any case, like when it comes to uh, looking at the distribution of internal links um, of pages within within the web within the website. You know, for example, does a page within Site Depth three have um, you know does it that you know how many links does that have compared to the sort of the median or the lower interquartile range? the 25 percent are for example so it's a good you know data science is a really efficient way of seeing 
for example, what, what pages might be underlinked for their given site level, for example. So, uh, yeah, there's so many opportunities in, on that front. So, yes. I totally agree with Andreas. Like, you know, it's fully practical approach for some specific task when AI works very well. But now what came, you know, all Twitter, okay, with all this chat DPT stuff, etc. like it's magic button. You just click on it and everything will be fine. Me personally, I'm not believing on it and uh, not in our lives, not in our ages at all. So for some tasks... Like very specific, it works very well and helps. And a lot of teams use it already, like for generating text, for analyzing. We, for example, using Random Forest for like almost the same as Andreas said, like for analyzing the influence of factor when you have on every URL like hundreds of columns and give describe me what factors influence have gives more influence compared to another. It's nice, but like uh, talk to ChatGPT, uh, make me a great tech SEO. I want to be top one in Google. Oh no, it's just, you know, probably some journalist articles they can read on it, but not in pers- like practical approach in our lives. lives. Yeah, I like that. Make me a number one uh, tech SEO. I might try that after this um, after this podcast. Me too. <laughs> um, Opening ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah uh for me yeah i've uh, just been using it to to help with with some tasks like um coming up with uh like regex expressions uh, for like filtering and things like search console or just writing little bits of uh css and things like that it's but yeah it's, it's definitely helpful i mean it comes back to like the old saying i don't know where it comes from but it's it's work smarter not harder isn't it and that's what ai can can help us to do if it's used correctly. I think there's a really good point, actually, you both made, like, um, using ChatGPT. I was actually doing some research um, to write an article on on tech SEO for, for, um, for Shopify. And when I looked at the answers, it was out of date and incorrect um, on, on how to optimize Shopify. Um, you know, for tech SEO, like, I was just like, this is wrong. This is so incorrect and out of date. And like, do you remember like 10, 15 years ago, we used like, now we are typing in Google any query and we got a good search results, like in most cases, but like 10, 15 years ago, we should use minuses, quotes, etc. like to be more precise. And it was a skill, you know, to ask Google proper, like in specific way to get a proper answer. And for now, it will be another skill, like ask uh, some machine learning, like ask ChatGPT in a proper way to give a, to to have a proper answer on it. And we should like we should improve the skill and develop it for sure in our uh, like nearest future. Well. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, I've taken away quite a lot of wisdom from this uh, chat, really. Um, and actually, quite nicely, quite a lot of hope about it all, which is really nice. Um, I'm just going to quickly bring David in to explain next next time's podcast. Sure. Okay, so that was episode 34. Next week, uh, next week, next month, actually, episode 35. Analytics for content websites is the subject that we're focusing on there. The day will be Monday the 15th of May at 4pm UK time. We've got four guests already booked for that. Brie Anderson, Marco Giordano, Sarah Tarher and Abdul Rahman Hennedy. 
Go to theknowledgepanelshow.com to sign up to watch us live. I know that quite a few people consume this content on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other great podcast platforms, but it'd be great to have you live if you can make it next time to interact a little bit, ask your own questions next time. So try to sign up to that uh, to watch us live next time. Brilliant. Thank you so much to my guests for coming on as well. Um, and yeah, we'll reconvene next month. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks. Bye.